The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today is Father Corey. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? Very well, thanks. So our main topic today is going to be about Apple's announcements, obviously, the other day. <laughs> but uh, before we get, because, you know, what, you know, this is the time of year when we get a, a bunch of hardware announcements from a bunch of different manufacturers, and that's worth talking about because yep. people are going to be thinking about, do I need to upgrade? So we'll, we'll get into that. But first, we got a little a listener feedback I'd like to share. This is from James Hamill, who wrote on Facebook in response to when we were talking about was Amazon's announcements of uh, their Lumia, Luna? Their, their new gaming service, like their their, oh, sure. their boxless gaming service. And we talked about all of these new, like Stadia, these streaming only gaming services. So, and we like, we wondered, who is this for? And so James responded, regarding who'd be interested, I am for my kids for the following reasons. And it all comes down to cost savings and convenience. One, I don't have to keep up with the latest computer or console hardware. I saved money getting my three sons used equipment from eBay and computers from work that were being thrown away, but I still had to purchase them. Decent video cards, which were not cheap. Mm -hmm. Two, gaming PCs use a lot of electricity. When my kids got their computers, we saw our electricity bill shoot up. However, <laughs> from what I can tell, unless I'm wrong, Stadia and probably the other services that recently came out require that you purchase games through their service. So I'm waiting for mm -hmm. Steam or Valve to come out with their own streaming service, though I I may investigate GeForce now, which might have access to the Steam game library. So a couple of good points uh, mm -hmm. that it's you don't have to. Apparently, you don't have to keep buying the latest and greatest in order to run the newer games. That's a problem. Right. Yeah, you know, especially the really I think it's it's not even the CPU. It's those video cards like you mentioned. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the that's the big thing I've noticed with this. This Hackintosh I built, I built it with, you know, latest well almost latest and greatest processors like a month before intel released their 10th generation processors and i only have a ninth generation i7 right but um lots of memory lots of ssd space you know good you know samsung ssds uh you know the whole works but i'm still using the onboard intel uh the video yeah and it does make a huge difference because the process like i'll be playing a game like uh kerbal uh the kerbal uh the space program i've just blanked yeah space yeah uh you know and it's the processor is running at like 20 percent mm -hmm. and the, i'm getting like 15 frames a second yeah and that's because it doesn't have the video capability right. to do it you know so and that's that's the next upgrade to the the system but yeah they are expensive you know if if you want a good video card that's going to last you for a while you're going to pay you know upwards of 500 600 bucks right. if not more right i mean you could that's it's like twice of what you'd pay for a decent used computer you know like you're paying the and, same amount yeah and, and you know, one concern you kind of mentioned about like where you get the games from cuz yeah like if you use google you got to buy it from them if you use you know apple and their their game apple arcade package yeah. you got to you know, you're locked in there and, and it's and the idea of actually having a piece of hardware that if 
Google decides, you know what, we're not going to have Fortnite on our platform anymore. You're out of luck. Yeah, or Apple. <laughs> right. Or Apple. Right, exactly. Well, you know, but it's, it's, there's, you know, there's just, you, you, at least when you have the actual physical media, whether it is a CD or cartridge or something, at least you'll have that as long as your hardware will work with that. Well, that's the big thing with these app stores, uh, which have spread, you know, from phones to PCs and now to game consoles. The app store yep. concept, like, is that really to the benefit of the consumer in the long run? Like, there is this idea, like, there, there are conveniences to not having an app store. Uh, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. not having to buy CDs and DVDs and that sort of thing. But there are also trade-offs on that, and that's one of them. Is, is getting locked into a particular ecosystem yeah. is part of that. I mean, you you kind of already do with Xbox and PlayStation, and you got to get a PS4 version of the game or an Xbox version of the game. I suppose there's still some of that, but there's I don't know that that if you don't own the physical medium, mm -hmm. then you're at well, then mercy. I've, I've had problems, and this is long. This is a game I bought long before. There was ever, you know, game stores, but it was an, it was a download only game and the company went out of business. Yep. You can't get the game anymore. I can't, I can't download. I mean, it was, a, it was like a train dispatcher, you know, it's a simulation of dispatching, right. you know, trains, but I can't get the game anymore. I can't download it. Right. It's not available anymore because the company doesn't exist anymore. But yet you paid your money. I paid my money in, but now I can't use it. Right. That's yeah. That's the downside. So the other thing is the in electricity question, which is an interesting point, and I, trust me, I know I have I have solar panels on my roof for a reason. <laughs> I use a lot of electricity with my uh, all my gear here, but uh, yeah. that is actually an interesting point. Like if the more the more computers you multiply in your house, and these systems are they're 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 small little boxes. They still use electricity, but they're not a big PC with a hundred mm -hmm. watt. Or I forget. I don't even know what the the wattage is these days on five hundred six. I've got a six hundred fifty yeah. watt in this system. I mean, okay, yeah, it's a yeah, lot yeah. of electricity. Yeah, that that would be a lot. So I can, that's a that's another interesting point. I hadn't thought of that. Now, you, I, actually, one thing I wanted to, to mention uh, since you mentioned your Hackintosh, uh, it kind of came came to mind. Now that Apple's transitioned to Apple Silicon, mm -hmm. that kind of the, uh, presumably they're going to stop making their uh, OSs that run on Intel. So that right. that's a, is probably going to kill Hackintoshing for well, a while. We're going to have to see because, I mean, first of all, let's let's be honest. They're not going to phase out the Intel version of the OS for at least five years. Right. They're right. still making Intel systems right now. You know, they're going to want them to be able to be used for at least five years. That's true. That's true. I mean, just, you know, just going by their 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 pattern, because um, the fact that my five year old, uh, my five year old MacBook Pro can still run the latest, greatest OS, you know? Yeah. So I'm not worried about that anytime soon. I mean, that could be a potential, but who knows by then, you know, the, 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 uh, the ARM platform is becoming more and more common. You know, I mean, it really mm -hmm. is. It's, it's, it's running everywhere, which right. is what, what Apple's hardware Silicon is based on. It's based on the ARM platform. So it's not inconceivable that the Hackintosh community will have plenty of time to figure out Another option it, at a minimum, just being able to get like run on a, a Raspberry Pi or something. I know that's a fairly low end yeah. ARM platform, but I wonder how much of the, the the system will depend on the custom silicon that Apple is making, though. That's, well, and that is and that's the concern. That I mean, that trick. is the legitimate concern. Yeah. But I mean, again, it, it's 
there's some pretty brilliant people that work on these projects, <laughs> there you are, know, yeah. and, and there's some hackers that they got nothing better to do. So let's figure this out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that, that continues. So uh, speaking of Apple, we should probably move to our main topic for the today. And again, thank you, James, for your, your, uh, your feedback. Yeah. We really appreciate that. Uh, so Apple had their, their their second big announcement, hardware announcements of the of the fall. Their first one a month ago. They announced new iPads, new watches. Uh, now they've we've announced um, new phones. And let's start with uh, the new HomePod Mini, which is interesting. Uh, so the original HomePod was a one of these smart speakers uh, that was a, like a two hundred dollars. Um, it works like makes a stereo pair with other, uh, home pods, et cetera, et cetera. It has Siri built in. It wasn't well received by a lot of, I mean, it, it apparently worked okay, but it wasn't super well received in the, it didn't make, it didn't sell a lot, put it that way. Yeah, this is this is definitely a market where uh, Apple's being shown up by both Amazon and Google. Yeah. Cause you know, of course, Google, Google, uh, home units are being, are selling like hotcakes, Apple or Amazon's units are selling like hotcakes. Apple can't give theirs away. <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw someone reference. Yeah, um, Amazon. If you if you even uh, breathe the word Alexa, you've ended up with a uh, one shows up at your house for free. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, they they practically throw them in every box in the in the factory. Uh, you know, in the warehouse. So yeah, but this one is the big. I think the 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 big point was the one they gave. They get at the end. The the big selling point. It's ninety nine bucks, which is a is a huge cost savings. I, I it it's competing more direct, and that's one thing. Um, I know Google has been doing is the the that's about the same price as the Google Home Mini, is right around that price range. Mm-hmm. You know. Hundred dollars, hundred twenty dollars, somewhere in there. I can't remember exactly how much I I paid less than that for mine. I think even, yeah. you know, I mean, they're so. I think they realized, you know, Amazon's at this level, Google's at this level. We're above that. Yes. We got to fix that if we're going to compete. We got to compete at right. that price range. And well, that's yeah. Let's let's be honest. It's running Siri, and Siri still is not up to the level of not, Google or Amazon. It's not. It's not. I mean, it's getting there, but it's not. Yeah, it's still not there yet. You know, one of the things uh, to, to to keep in mind too is uh, the the echoes are not really great speakers. I mean, they have one that's a that is a decent speaker, but it's a lot more than this. Uh, so. But Apple's uh, the HomePods are really good speakers, which is which is so I'm looking at this because I sometimes I want to listen to I I often listen to stuff over my echoes and it just doesn't like it's fine for like audio, like for listening to a podcast. But if I want to listen to music, I am not using the the echo. Um, I'd rather just use the the iPhone's (laughs) built in speaker at that point. But uh, but uh, I don't know this. this is looking kind of interesting to me. This HomePod Mini. I was not in the market for a HomePod, but a HomePod Mini at this price that might be. So let's talk a little bit about what it can do. So it it's 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 a nice little ball <laughs> as opposed to a yeah. cylinder. <laughs> it actually, it looks the funny part is it looks like you know if you've seen the Google Home Minis, yeah. it just stretch it out into a full ball instead of a little squish. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's like it's like BB-8. Ooh, I wonder if you'll be able to get like a BB-8 wrap for it. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it on Etsy. Uh, so the, you could still like before you could multiple home pods can play in sync. So if you get them throughout your house, they can do stereo pair. Uh, one thing that they've added is that they've got the, the iPhones, new iPhones and the new iPads, I think have this U one ultra wideband chip, 
that it's it's really like this directional Bluetooth, like as you point it at okay. things, and it's going to allow better handoff and control of a particular HomePod. So when you want to control a HomePod, you sort of point your phone at it, uh, and sure. and you get feedback that you've connected to it, like it's like physical haptic feedback that you've got control. So that's kind of neat. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, also interesting is that it's not just Apple Music. They've said that it'll be able to use TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Amazon Music. But one is which that's interesting. One is significantly missing, isn't it? <laughs> Spotify. Now, and, and part of it, I, I wonder if it's missing because they couldn't get Spotify didn't get their update done yet. You know, because because of course they have to support the protocol to do the handoff right they have to support the api well but also pandora and amazon music are not yet ready too they're like still to come so maybe just spotify is further down the road or just apple doesn't doesn't see pandora and amazon music as competitors like they do with spotify maybe which is surprising that apple would see spotify as a competitor but yeah yeah. i guess they kind of are because you know they do have kind of do that same kind of on demand, even though Pandora is very similar as well. Yeah, so, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's maybe it's market share, like because the other one that's also missing is YouTube Music. Uh, so that's also like which used to be Google Play Music. So, um, but maybe that's because Google's still trying to figure out what it's doing <laughs> with music. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, oh, that's, you. Uh, we could we can have a whole episode rant on YouTube Music yeah. right now. La- so I mean, last week, let's not go yeah, there. Last week, Jack and uh, Thomas were also ranting about yeah, that, that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, other features of the HomePod Mini, uh, it you can it'll recognize the individual voices of each person in the house and respond appropriately. Which I think, like, if you have different calendars and different. You know, uh, you know, different iCloud accounts. It'll pull from each one depending on your voice, uh, which is nice. nice. I think the new Echoes do that too. Um, so another thing that Echoes do is intercom. You can call from one room to another to all the rooms. Once I I do that sometimes with uh, uh, from the from the office here where I'm working. I sometimes call out to the the kitchen where the other Echo is and say, "Hey, can someone bring me my coffee?" <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah, and I, I know Google. Google can do that too. I've I've never used it because, of course, there's rarely ever anybody around to yeah. do it to. But right. <laughs> that's the thing about single guy. You don't use these kind of that's features. That's right. That's right. But you can. Uh, one thing it all it can also. I thought it was interesting. You can intercom from the car using CarPlay, so you can be you know in your car. I don't know if it if it has to be on the Wi-Fi or. I think you can do probably do it from while you're I wonder, driving. I, I, see, I think, again, I think Google can do this as well, where you can say, you know, send a message to the home speaker and you don't have to be on, on the uh, Wi-Fi. Okay. That's, I think that's kind of cool. Anyway, it's 99 bucks. Uh, the order that you can ordering starts in a couple weeks, uh, November 6th and shipping mid November. So um, I, I, there might be a HomePod mini in my future for maybe a, a Christmas present or something like that. I think I, I might ask for that for Christmas because that, that might be fun. Uh, I, and they, having a nice speaker like that would be good. Yeah, it, I, I like the speakers of the, the Google ones. They don't sound too bad at all. I mean, yeah. I haven't heard the Echo ones to see how they compare, but the Google ones don't sound too bad at all. So yeah, the the show I have a show five here in the office, and we have the, the a, a, like a four or five year old uh, regular Echo tower, mm-hmm. you know, the cylinder in yep. the in the kitchen. Um, so uh, I, I think I'd rather upgrade the. the I, I think. Because I'm an all Apple guy, I think having a HomePod Mini might be might provide some functionality. I still like Echo. There are so many mm-hmm. things about it that I like, but maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. 
the other the other big announcement, of course, was what everyone was expecting was the the new iPhones. The phones. The phones. So we've got a whole range of phones. We've got iPhone 12, 12 mini, 12 Pro, 12 Pro Max. I mean, this is this is a complete lineup. This is yeah, this is interesting because, you know, for a long time, Apple has resisted and very reluctantly did multiple sizes like this, you know, maybe have two sizes at a time. Yeah. But to have four of them available at one time, all announced at the same time. This is it's this a, is interesting from Apple. It's a recognition. Uh, it's also because they're also keeping the SE, the 11 and the XR, I think, in the lineup. And mm-hmm. they've got they've got phones that like nearly every hundred dollar mark starting at 399 you know like or right. or maybe even lower but so they're they've got stuff the whole price range now which is interesting yeah. too which is which, which is good because i know like, yeah which that's that's been a complaint of mine for a long time with iphone is it really has been a premium device only and yeah. of course with the se came, when that came out that fixed that the fact they are willing to maybe have even two generations still available right you know is you know it, it's their there, I think they are starting to realize that, you know, these shouldn't be just toys for the rich. Right, right. There are a lot of people who need phones that, especially if like, as I'm getting into these days, uh, you know, my oldest is 14. We haven't got her a regular phone. We She has an old iPhone that's not doesn't have a phone plan, but just something mm-hmm. that she can use to listen to music and, and that sort of thing. And right. Uh, but we're getting to the point where me like she's starting to be busy enough and doing things like that. We're thinking maybe she needs to have a phone phone when she's out and about. Right. And, you know, that's expensive, like buying a yes. phone and then they break the darn things and you got to fix them. Yeah. And, you know, well, uh, that's that's a, that's expensive. And, well, and, and also Android has been absolutely eating Apple's lunch in developing markets, mm-hmm. places like India, even Europe. Yeah, Europe is still much more heavily Android than Apple. Oh, yeah. And part of that, the fact is you can buy an Android phone bought outright for one hundred dollars. Right. Now, it's a crappy, crappy, crappy Android phone. <laughs> yeah. But Apple just can't compete on that at all. Yeah. You know, when you've got somebody who's really poor and they need a phone, one hundred dollars is a lot cheaper than even four hundred dollars. Yes. You, know, you can come up with that kind of money. So I think they're they're starting to realize, you know, we do need to compete in these other markets that we barely have any kind of presence. And Android is just taken off. Right. Right. They're, that's you always have to look globally with some of these and with some of these lineups and in, in, in the, the what they're offering. It's not just an American mm-hmm. issue. It's a it's a they are really a global company. And so you have to see what they're trying to sell worldwide. Um, one of the interesting stats I've seen recently was that. They someone said that eighty six percent of all U.S. teens own an iPhone, eighty six mm-hmm. like of all phone owning, not all U.S. teens, right? But all yep, like eighty percent, eighty six percent of the U.S. teen phone market is iPhone, which I think is astonishing. I think it's yeah. it's amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean that's so you, that's got to be a big part of it. So I mean, let's look at the the different phones they offer. They start with the the iPhone twelve, that which is kind of the this everything kind of builds from this. It's either everything is mm-hmm. either smaller or bigger, or it's got a little extra yeah. this or that. But the iPhone twelve is the base machine. So uh, it they're all five G now. Okay, that was they made a big deal about five G. Yeah. Is yep. is five G important yet? Do you think? I mean, is this something? People should go, oh, I really need 5G. This, this, is, this is the same thing as when the iPhone 4 came out with 4G. Yeah. Is it? You know, 
Was it four? The four that four came with yeah, 4G well, or is it five? Uh, but I, either way, yeah, when, whichever one came out with four, with four G LTE. Yeah, when when four G LTE first came out, of course, it was only in big markets, certain areas. You know, like if you're downtown, you know, Manhattan, yeah, you're gonna get you know five G right now, right? In some places, but most places don't have five G five G coverage, but will at some point, right? At least, again, in town, you know, yeah. there's an issue you bring up in, in the notes here about how, you know, the range of 5G is very limited yeah, well, versus compared to LTE. That's what, yeah, there are different flavors of 5G, too. And that's another big thing. There's Verizon's ultra wideband, there's millimeter wave. And and like they, they, they brought out the CEO of Verizon. Verizon got a lot of play in this keynote by the way they, <laughs> uh, they got mentioned quite a few times but uh, they have this ultra wideband which is really fast but it's so limited that's they, they they make a big deal so you can get it in stadiums and arenas and airports and malls what they're saying is is in order for this to work ultra wideband it has to be in a, a limited area that's the only you, you know yeah. at least you have to have antenna every six feet or whatever um yep. so yeah i wonder i wonder if if I can't remember what the, the range is with the. I remember looking this up before, but I mean, you're you're talking hundreds of feet, yeah, from the tower, right? Now the the tower requirements are much simpler too, though. That's the funny part. Yeah, you know, they're not the big super towers you're used to seeing with LTE. So I think that that allows them where they maybe they can be a little more creative where they put the towers. Well, but yeah, maybe they can hang them on. You know, because. In some places, like here in the Northeast, we still have telephone poles where we all the wires hang right. from. They're not buried. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, maybe they can hang them on poles, you know, every exactly. few hundred feet. You know, and that's, and I mean, of course, living in a rural area, I can't see there being 5G, yeah. you know, out in middle of nowhere where I barely get 4G right now. <laughs> right, right. You know, but... But, you know, like in towns, I could see even in a little small town like here, you know, they could I could see them setting up a couple of towers here in this little town someday. Yeah. Not, maybe not immediately, but, you know, within, say, the next five, ten years. Um, so I, I think it's going to become more available. It's going to be, become more uh, more important. But it's just right now, it's still the bleeding edge technology. Yeah. And the only people who are going to be really caring about that are the ones who live in some place like Midtown Manhattan, where you know you're going to be able to get good 5G coverage. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, even here, like Boston will be early on, you know, probably mm-hmm. on the, on the, uh, the getting the 5G. It's next couple of years, yeah, yeah. probably. Uh, well, and, and on the on the Verizon map, it like the dot showed up in Boston, like uh, by the end of the, for the end of the year stuff. But that's only going right. to be in downtown Boston. I live in the suburb. I'm not, like I barely mm-hmm. like like you. I barely get 4G LTE in my house. Like when we lost power, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not on the internet with my phone. <laughs> like it was crazy. <laughs> so yeah, so it's uh, it, it, yeah, I don't think it's as big a deal. One of the things they mentioned is is that it will. It will smartly, the iPhone 12 will smartly switch to LTE instead of 5G when it doesn't need the 5G. Like, so it's not, it's not pulling as much data. So we'll use LTE instead. What that tells me is that, you know, you don't really need the 5G all the time. (laughs) Well, and and let's be honest. I mean, when I can get, you know, 20, 25 megabit via LTE, do I really need 5G? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to get the, you know, the 100 megabit or gigabit or whatever they're advertising that 5G could potentially do. Right. But do I need that most of the time on my phone? What do you probably not? Yeah. My desktop would be nice to have, but exactly not my phone. Yeah. What kind of data you're pushing through your phone that you need, you know, like that you need that? Like, am I do, like broadcasting a, 
I mean, if I'm doing live video for like network quality, which you see yeah. people doing from their phones these days, but reporters, you know, yeah, maybe. But that's a well, it. and even again, even that 4G is pretty pretty reliable for that. You know, I, I think the the biggest thing with 5G isn't so much the phone, and that you know Verizon has been pretty clear about this. Yeah. It's they want the home market. They want right. my in everybody's house pulling off of 5G. Right. And that is where I can see the use case for 5G. But on your average phone, most places, LTE is more than sufficient. Yeah. Verizon would rather set up antennas than run a fiber optic cable because that's what they're doing now with yeah. Fios. They'd rather they'd rather just yep. have antennas. Yeah, I could see the I could see the 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 benefit of that. Certainly uh, <laughs> cables. Uh, tend to break under you know in storms and that sort of thing. You wouldn't have to well, do that. Well, in the regulations behind cables and the permitting and environmental this, right, and right, right, government that. There's, and, there's a big difference. You know, it's, yeah, there's a big difference. And I mean, even with 4G LTE, you see a lot of people mm-hmm. or a significant percentage. Let's just put it this way: that have MiFi's and use them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I see that too. Yeah. So that's so the five G issue. So apart from, apart from that, let's talk about the phone itself, the the uh, hardware. It, the shape is back to the sort of the similar squared off rectangle of the iPhone five, which a lot of people liked. Um, I noticed it's st- it's still got the uh, antenna along the edges. Uh, so you make sure you hold the phone right. <laughs> Inten- hold it, hold it properly. <laughs> antenna gate. I, I I'm going to guess they fixed that uh, uh, by now. Uh, it comes in. Uh, let's see the colors: black, white, red, green, and blue. They've got some weird, you know, weird names, but those are basically what is black, red, oh, white, of course, green, blue. cobalt blue or something. Yeah. yeah. The, the, and the and the, uh, the pros they have a slightly different gold, blue, silver. And graphite, like Pacific blue, which is it's a slightly different shade. Um, they uh, the the and the difference with the twelve and the pro is the twelve has a stainless steel band, whereas the uh, the, the the regular twelve and the mini are, have a painted around the band. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, mm. That might be important for some people. It's not really all important for me. Uh, they on the uh, iPhone twelve, they've kept the same display size. It's a six point. I think they said. Uh, 6.1 inch display size, but they've made the phone itself smaller overall. They've been able to shrink the bezels. So the phone is smaller, but the screen is the same size. I'm going to be one of these weird. I'm going to be I'm going to be a heretic in the smartphone world. Bezels aren't bad. They're <laughs> good. They protect the device. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, is I was I don't want ever like I don't like the Samsung like curving uh, screen mm-hmm. over the edge because for the same reason, like I want to be able to hold my phone without accidentally activating things. Well, it, it's 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 so funny, this whole bezel, and they still have the notch, which I hated the second I saw it on Apple. I hate it when I saw it on Pixel. I'm glad they that at Google didn't stick with it on Pixel. Yeah, I think it is ugly and obnoxious and ridiculous get rid of the notch well i'm so well i think there might there's probably technical reasons they probably would like to embed the cameras behind it Mm -hmm. and and some people have started to do that they're probably i'm 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 gonna guess maybe the iphone 13 uh if they ever do if they actually name it 13 but whatever it is 13 or 14 will eventually get there but i think they're working they they, they're not going to do it until they like they the Technology works as good or better than the right. notch does. I mean, right now the the the, you know, the Android phones that that have the edge to edge screen, they do the the hole punch. Yeah, it works. It, it's still obnoxious. Though. It is kind of weird. It, yeah, just, 
Put on a bezel apple. You can do it. It's not going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Really. I, I mean, I, I do like that. I mean, if you do a bezel so that it's a, cross, a black bar across the top, then all of that little extra data that goes in those not in the notch cutouts is going to take up screen real estate. So I do like that they put that stuff up there out of the way. Mm-hmm. But so uh, I, I don't know. It's I, I there's I guess there are different just, tastes. Yeah. Hashtag add all bezels. That's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh, the obsession with thinness and smallness, that's a whole other thing. Like the, the, the it's thin, but you've got this ugly bump on the back. Just make it thicker. Put more battery in. This is just Johnny Ives, you know, well, constantly must be thinner, must be thinner, must be thinner. Well, Johnny <laughs> is gone, but his his legacy lives on in the thinner is better yeah. uh, thing. Yeah, yeah I, you've got a bump. Just make the just make the the back of it flat, and you know, get it a little just a tiny bit thicker, and put more battery in, and everyone will be happy. Uh, yes, the screens are now this new ceramic shield instead of. Uh, glass i guess uh they, it's i don't know they, they go on about the the crystalline technology uh, hey material science is awesome i think it's it's pretty great i'm a little disappointed that uh that's not transparent aluminum yet but we'll maybe we'll get there next year apple they're still working on it it's, it's, it's only been 40 years since the whales were rescued so <laughs> right that's right uh hey as <laughs> if they can make the screens more durable i'm all for that so that that's great you know, chris you're talking about crystalline technology I, I unfortunately i didn't get a chance to watch the actual keynote but yeah isn't glass a crystalline structure? Well, yeah, it's but it's um they went on. I, I didn't honestly I didn't pay much attention to it because it's a marketing video. But something about how they worked with the embedding the crystalline structure with these new materials that to make it a more it's like transparent ceramic. So like right. like so it's harder. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I'll, I'll read some articles about it once somebody's get some time to dig into the actual science. Uh, it's some yeah somebody who actually knows what they're talking about that's yeah. not in marketing speak yeah exactly uh we've got the the same a14 bionic uh cpu or or chip cuz cpus have been snowboarded these days it's a, a, a14 system, bionic system on a chip system, soc system on a chip that's right uh that the I, new ipads have uh so it's 5 nanometer technology which i, I don't want to i don't i hate to get too technical on this cuz i want i want I, I always like this podcast to be for everyone but Mm -hmm. five nanometer just means they can they can make the everything be a little closer together which means you can you can fit more power in the same space which is good right right i mean because you look at the old the the processors today like again you know talk about desktop processors processor i put in this brand new system is the same size as like the old peniums and things like that but this is way more i mean again it's a system on a chip it's got the built-in graphics it's got all that stuff right and it's on the same size of silicon and it's got more cores and the whole work. So, I mean, that's the same thing they're doing here is that. And that's the big focus is to get it as small as possible, that the pathway between or the gap between the two, the, the pathways is, you know, only in five nanometers. That's right. That's 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 beyond microscopic. That's microscopic, microscopic. I mean, that's you're counting atoms at that point, like real literally yes. you're counting atoms, the space. Like, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. Like, I, I don't think you can get smaller but maybe they can maybe well that's and that's quantum. why they keep talking about yeah quantum quantum computing is is kind of the next step but that's yeah. so theoretical right now still yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it really is so uh the uh, the other big thing cameras the the cameras are essentially the same i think you know with all the talk the basically they've they, it comes with the the 12 comes with two camera lenses the ultra wide and the wide the wide is your normal lens frankly and the mm-hmm. ultra wide is the is the is the 
the when you says one X on the on the uh, the app, the camera app, yeah. that's wide. And when it says point five, that's ultra wide. Um, they've increased or the f stop is one point six, which is it's a smaller aperture, right? Is that what mm-hmm. it is? I always get it mixed up. It's like it's backwards. I it, it means, I, I, unfortunately, the photography is not something I've really yeah. focused a lot on. So it basically means that you get better depth of field and more sharpness in your photos. That's like when you right. when you get lower, the f stop number gets lower. You get more depth of field, but you, and you do, but you do risk uh, the ability, the amount of light that comes in. So your, right. your photos, in theory, could be darker. Right. So they have to adjust for that. Um, they talk about smart HDR uh, three is improved and. Uh, to, to get better detail in shadows and highlights the the whole range of iphone 12s now has night mode on the front and back cameras so mm-hmm. uh so n- not a not a lot of improvement well, in the base uh, cameras i i think the, the problem with cameras are all the phones at least all the high-end phones the yeah. samsung's the google's the a- apple's and all on they're all basically using the best you know sensor technology that's out there right and there's really not a lot of improvement to the actual sensor. I mean, it's the sensor technology the now is, yeah, yeah, the sensor technology now is better than even film cameras now. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the old film cameras can't do the resolution of the new sensor technology. It's the lenses. It's the, you know, the, the shutter, you know, like the F-stop and things like that. It's right. the software, the HDR. How good is the HDR? How good is the ability to take a, a, fo- a photo that might be a little bit blurry and sharpen it? Things right. like that. Yeah, they talk about night, com- night mode, stuff like that. Yeah, computational photography. And there's there's more of it in the uh, Pro, in the Pro Max. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. So, yep. But the interesting thing, the one that kind of came out of left field to me was MagSafe. Uh, yeah, this looks interesting. So they've, if you remember the old MagSafe from your, from the uh, MacBooks, there was, if, when you plug it in, the there was a little magnets on the end of the, the plug that goes on the side of it. And it sort of, you know, snapped in so that it was there. Yep. Uh, and that was... Nice. They did away with it on the laptops to, in order to go I with know, USB-C. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Weird. I, I mean, I get that they wanted to standardize all of the inputs, and, and it does make it easier to, say, use just a regular uh, charger mm-hmm. plug to charge your, your computer. So I get that. Um, but it's interesting. This, to me, is this is how they got around the problems with air power. Now, if you remember the air power mat was their attempt to create a charging mat where you could just mm-hmm. throw your phone and your watch and your, uh, your AirPods onto it and you don't have to align it or anything, but it, and it would charge your devices. Right. But the problem was, is they, they, the, they had heat problems because in order to get it so that no matter where you threw the device, it charged, you had to have all these coils underneath charging coils right. underneath and they had all kinds of problems with that. So how do you get around that? You make the charger align automatically with the device, so yeah, it's interesting. So they so they basically have this big hockey puck thing, like a big Apple Watch charger that you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's. I'm, I'm sure it's a takeoff of like the key charging technology, yeah. QI key charging technology. Yeah, but it, it's. I like that idea though because I always did like the the MagSafe where you know like you got your laptop, you pull it, and it just pops off. You know, right. but it, it just snaps right in place. You don't have to worry about it. So I like the idea. It'll be interesting to see how well it works, of course. Right. But, you know, the idea where, yeah, you just take the charger and you just slap it to the back and it's done. You don't have to actually plug it in. Right. Because that is nice to be able to have the little hockey puck. You just set the phone on and forget about it. I have a, I have a, like a, uh, a charger here in front of me that I, on my desk, it's a, it's a, it's a photo frame 
with a charger mm-hmm. hidden behind the photo. And I put my phone on it and I kind of have to like move the photo back and forth a little the, yes. the, the, the phone back and forth to get it to line correctly. And it's always kind of always going to be kind of a, just a little niggling hassle. And I'm like uh, the idea or there are times when like I put my phone, my my uh, wife, my wife has a, a hockey puck charger on yep. next to the bed and she'll wake up in the morning sometimes and she'll have like moved her hand in the middle of the night and knocked it off the charger or you know just yeah. enough that the idea that it it's on there and stays there that I like that. See, that's that's I've got um, like the, the Pixel 4, which I have, does support like high speed charging via wireless. Mm-hmm. But again, you have to add hockey puck and you have to have the phone set just right. Yep. And if you're off even just a tiny bit, the phone's like, nope, I'm not going to charge. Right. Right. It's yeah. So this is nice. So I don't even I've got one of the hockey pucks. I just don't use it. Right. It's easier just to plug the USB-C connection in and yes, forget about it. Um, the other interesting thing is now that there's a magnet there, you can use the magnet for other things like uh, cases, uh, car uh, mounts, um, built in things like that. So they've they've got a MagSafe mm-hmm. Duo charger for iPhone and Apple Watch, and so yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. And you're going to be able to charge through some of these, so that they've they built it. Right. Although they showed the uh, the wallet with an Apple Card in it, and I'm like, I'm not sure, like. I'm not sure you want to charge through your credit cards. That's probably a bad idea for the magnetic <laughs> stripe on that. So, uh, but for the other stuff that maybe you can do that. Well, I'd be interested to see if somebody comes up with a uh, battery. Yeah. External battery. Yes. That just slaps. You just slap to the back of your phone. We you need to charge. Yeah. And that would be really nice. Cause yeah, you plugging one in and carrying it around or even a Qi charger battery, you still got to kind of hold them together, you know? Uh, yeah. So the magnet exactly. would be nice. Uh, speaking of USB-C, Still uses lightning. That's the uh, the port is still a lightning port. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, they also announced for the environment, we're no longer going to be putting ear pods or uh, the charger blocks in the box, just like they did with the uh, well, the iPad. There, they're going to save I, fifty thousand cars on the road every year. That doesn't surprise me. And let's be honest, how many of us have a half dozen of these? Little charger blocks, anyways. If a, you've got yeah. any Apple product, you've got one somewhere. I get a box of them. Anybody want one? Again, yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll, I'll say again what I said after the iPad uh, announcement. Uh, I think Apple should have said, "But if you want one, just come to the store. We'll give you one." Like they just should like give them away if you need one, or we'll sell them to you for five bucks yeah, or something. You know, right? It's, if they have to, if they have to sell them, yeah. you know, sell or, them for yeah, cheap, or just ask for one. We'll give you one. You know, I, I just thought that would be good uh so the mini is the same phone all the same it's just smaller it's uh it's physically smaller than the iphone 8 but it's got mm-hmm. a 5.4 inch screen so uh which yeah. is which is nice. no bezel well, that's, sorry. That's, that's, that's <laughs> nice that they're talking they're talking smaller though because i you know i've heard complaints you know i've got pretty good size hands you know so yeah. i prefer a bigger phone but i you know i know people who have you know you know, more petite women and people like that who are smaller. And they're like, right. no, I want a small phone that can actually fit my hand. I don't want to have to use both hands to use my phone. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or the phone falling out of your pocket or that sort of thing. Yeah, I get that. I yep. get that. I, That's the other thing, too. Yeah, fitting in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting that the video they showed of the uh, of people using the iPhone mini, they they had these guys with these giant hands. Like they had like Sha- Shaquille O'Neal sized guys. Like it is, so it looks like this <laughs> tiny little phone. I'm like, come on, come on. It was, it was funny. Uh, then there's the pro and the pro max. Uh, it's, it's got a, the, the, the pro has a 6.1 inch display. The pro max goes from a six and a half inch to, uh, in, in the 11 
to the mm. 6.7 inch display. I'm like, so I'm a guy who I love a big phone. I big the bigger screen the better. Like that's that's been yeah. always my attitude. Uh, I, it's I'm kind of. Like if I got a like a bigger phone, it wouldn't fit on my charger, my 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 screen, like my uh my <laughs> photo charger uh, here. It wouldn't fit anymore. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I still still kind of I still kind of like the idea. And see, as as looking in, you know, my my Pixel Four is uh, six point three. Yeah. Display, so that's a pretty good. I mean, and that's you can see how big that is. Yeah. You you everybody listening can't, but Dom can. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty good sized phone. And it's will be a little bigger than that. Although, again, with bezel issues, it's probably the same size as this phone physically. It's just the bigger, right? Sc- little wider, realistic, or little taller screen. Yep. Uh, the cameras, the pro cameras, there's still three lenses instead of the two of the uh, of the uh, regular iPhone 12, um, ultra wide, wide, uh, and and then a telephoto uh, lens, which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, the Pro Max adds an optical zoom to two and a half. Uh, t- uh, hmm. times um, it's got a, a longer or uh, 65 millimeter telephoto instead of 52 um, it was image stabilization optical image stabilization a larger sensor so th- they went on about uh, pro video 10-bit hdr video recording dolby vision hdr etc etc uh, frankly none of that really means much to me as a consumer um, but as long and as most most people aren't going to use it anyways, they're not going to care. Right, right. I mean, if you're again, it says pro. So if if you're someone out there who wants to make you know video videos or do do stuff in the field without ca- hauling a bit around right. big cameras, I mean, this is you can do this now. You know, I mean, th- this it's amazing in 15 years how far we've come from hauling around big, bulky, you know, video cameras and stuff. Well, I remember uh, when, what was it, about 10 years or so ago where uh, Leo Laporte's Twit Network, they were mm-hmm. bragging about they got these backpacks that were basically like Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile yeah. uh, transmitters, and they hooked their cameras to it and they could so they could do live events right. from somewhere, but they had to use this big fancy transmission pack right. to be able to have you know the, the quality they needed. Now the phones can do it built in now that yeah i mean now that everybody's streaming everything everywhere uh you know especially you know with lockdown and now you can get the gimbal you know, you, and they've had them for a few years but the gimbals where you smack you you, you know, right. clamp your phone into it and you can sit there and spin the phone and it'll it'll hit steady it'll yeah. stay steady you know? yeah it's really and i have you one see of those, a lot of people yeah. out at outdoor events where they're doing that and it works awesome it is amazing uh it has a lidar sensor which lidar they've had one in an ipad for a little bit it's for AR. It helps with some of the camera focusing. Um, it it creates depth maps. It it sends out this sent a, a signal and bounces back. It's almost like a radar mapping of the world around it. I, Except for it's a laser mapping. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I I don't think uh, I I think that's a future tech more than a present yeah. tech. I mean, it aids in some of the camera stuff, but really. It's 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 getting ready for whatever's coming next with AR and VR and that sort of thing. I think I'll, I'll be honest. I the you know again Google's got the the radar, yeah, on the front of the phone. I think that's more a functional technology right now than this lidar is. And let, let's be honest, they they just do it so now cops can use i uh, iPhones for yeah, for speed, speed tests, yeah, they, for speed checks. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. No, La- laser kidding. speed, yeah. <laughs> so uh and then the, the 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 bottom line on the pricing is uh the the iPhone let's see the the 12 mini starts at 699 
the 12 start is starts at 7.99 the pro the, the iphone 12 pro is 9.99 and the pro max starts at 10.99 uh it is nice that the pro base storage is 128 gigabytes now instead of 64 That's i nice. think i mean it's cr- like apple i don't know what the thing is but apple with its storage on phones for the longest time it was four it stayed it like stayed with four and then eight and like no i think for a pro phone well, you've got to be 128 gig it's that's mm. silly otherwise so I'm well glad if to you've, see you've priced out upgrading apple memory when <laughs> yeah. you order your devices they know this is where they can make this is pure profit at this point you know the right. amount of storage they put into it is pure profit because right. it doesn't cost that much more money to put in another you know 64 gig for them at all yeah not anymore yeah. used not to be anymore. but not anymore well the nice thing too is the they've kept the price steady like the the price on these on the on the pros and i think on the on the 12 are the same year year over year so uh i i guess the bottom line like i so if i was to give my bottom line on this uh i have an iphone pro uh, pro max 11 iphone 11 pro max do i do i feel the need to upgrade no i do not uh, it it's right. a nice it's a nice uh change the uh the upgrades this year are is, are some good upgrades but it's not enough for me to justify going out and dropping another grand no. on a phone. Uh, certainly, I, I can I can get another year out of my phone easy. <laughs> Knock on wood that I don't drop yeah. the darn thing. But yeah. uh, but I, I don't see the need to upgrade for myself. Well, I, I'm kind of the same. Of course, I've, I've got the hurdle, too, of being invested in the Android right. marketplace, right. the Android world. But there's nothing here that says, oh, I've got to jump over to iPhone. And there's nothing here that says if these were Android phones would say I need to upgrade. Yeah. Um, they're not, I mean, there, there's some interesting things, but there, and there's things that are, it's like my phone does as well. And uh, Samsung's do as well. And, you know, but of course it's Apple. So they kind of, they put their way. There's, there's a few nice features that I, I again, like the, the MagSafe charging and yes. things like that. Yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely has some possibilities. But I'm also the mindset now, too, is I'm going to I'm trying to get three years out of my phones. I've right. only had my phone now for a year, too. So even, you know, hopefully, again, short of dropping it or destroying it somehow, uh, I won't be even thinking about upgrading for another two years. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the thing is, I think I think you can get two to three years out of phones these days and they're still fully functional. You still get a lot of it. If you have an iPhone, say, 10 or mm-hmm. or the. I forget what it was. They 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 did some messiness with the numbers between seven and ten. I forget like what it was. Whatever the previous generation of ten was. So if you have yeah. a two year old iPhone, this is a huge upgrade. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. no brainer. Uh, so Melanie, my wife Melanie, has an iPhone eight, and I'm looking at the uh, iPhone twelve or twelve mini. I'm like that that's actually a, a very nice upgrade for for her if, if we yes. were to do that. Uh, then we could hint we could pass her phone on to uh, a child and and go from there so that's it's an interesting interesting thought on that i'm not sold yet but um it's i think of all of the announcements uh on uh, the other day i think the homepod mini actually is the one that i that i i'm (laughs) most likely to get in the next year frankly so we'll we'll see how that goes no it sounds it sounds interesting sounds like they're they're really trying to kind of get up to again amazon's and google's level on that yeah so So we've talked a lot here. So I want to, there's a couple headlines I'd like to cover and then we can get to our picks of the week. The first headline that I want to mention is, it's an Apple related headline. That's why I wanted to mm. mention it. Uh, so Apple has sued a Canadian recycling firm that was 
reselling devices instead of destroying them, allegedly reselling. They're, they're suing them, so it's, yep. it's still in uh, legal dispute. So w- the way the way this works is Apple would take you know stuff from you know trade ins from customers buying new devices of uh, phones, iPads, watches, etc., and then they would send those devices to be disassembled and the the pieces recycled because they're making a big deal about how like they they recycle all their rare earth materials are being are, are in the new phones mm. are from recycled stuff and that sort of thing. So there was being sent to be recycled. Well, it turns out that this Canadian company that was doing some of this, they were diverting at least, or somehow some of the ones being sent to them were being diverted from recycling and then being shipped overseas to China where they were being sold there. Yeah, and it was it the company though, because the company is claiming that it was actually three rogue employees who swiped half a million iPhones or at least a uh, hundred thousand. Yeah. Think, but okay. Like, so a hundred thousand, but they sent like a half a million iPhones since 2015 to 2017, right. you know, things like that. And so many iPads and Apple watches, all that. Right. But the company is claiming that this was actually some employees who were doing it themselves. Right. Which doesn't necessarily absolve the company from all responsibility. I mean, they had some responsibility no. to, to make sure that the process worked the way that they were contracted to, but right. It might be just some employees um, so somebody might ask, well, why is this a big deal? Like, well, you know, so the devices are being reused, right? Isn't that good? Mm-hmm. Well, what happens is that instead of, so for, from Apple's point of view, these devices are being put in the market and competing with Apple's own sales. So yep. Apple isn't getting the benefit of, of that, the sales in that market. And that, so that hurts Apple's financial interests. Well, and there's also the. There's also the concern, uh, or at least on Apple's point of view, they want tight control of every device, every piece of that phone. Like um, if you look at some of the YouTube channels, uh, Louis Rossman is a guy in New York City who does rebuilding. And he's he's railed against Apple about this for years because there are microchips you can't get on the open market that are used in Apple devices. The only way to get these chips are from Apple themselves. And guess what Apple tells independent repair people? Go pound sand. Yeah. You know, and so that that's something Apple wants to control every piece of that phone so that it doesn't end up on the secondary market to then be able to be used to repair. Because Apple would rather you replace your iPhone 8 with an iPhone 12 than get someone to repair it if a chip goes bad. Yeah. I don't know if that's a huge concern for this sort of thing, because people can always buy used phones from other people and, and, and salvage the chips from them. If that was something that they wanted to do, uh, you know, so buying them in bulk from the, from a reseller, it's not like they were selling the components. They were selling the devices. Uh, but I mean, maybe I that's part a of it. both is what it sounded like. It sounded like there was a little of both going okay. on, but okay. Uh, but that the, having old devices go back out and that they're not, they haven't been refurbished. They have the old battery. They probably haven't had anything done to improve them. That hurts Apple's reputation. If, people have a bad experience with this old device too. So I get it. I think, you know, you're contracted to provide a service, you provide the service. So I I think that's part of it. Uh, Another headline I wanted to mention was uh, a little related, not the same sort of thing. Amazon is being dinged because a lot of devices, a lot of products that are being returned are ending up in landfills. Uh, Mm -hmm. So if you, if you buy something from Amazon and you return it for whatever reason, uh, this marketplace, you know, um, CBC uh, Canadian uh, Network, their program marketplace, did some ex- 
you know uh, some investigation and found out that some of this some of it will go into the landfill. Now I think uh, I read the article. I felt like some of this was a little bit hype on the part of marketplace because mm-hmm. because a lot of this stuff is is actually not going into the landfill. It's actually going back into warehouses and and being yep. sold either as used to individuals. They have liquidators where they sell like pallet loads of returned stuff to yep. liquidators who then sell it on eBay or whatever. I, I don't know. And, and what do you think of this? Is this a big deal? Well, uh, you know, I, 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 well, I think there's part of it. Part of it is the fact that these aren't going back into the open. You aren't to be sold as used. Yeah. Um, but they do mention that there's a lot of stuff that does go through e-recycling. Yeah. You know, a lot of their electronic stuff does go through e-recycling. You know, they found one backpack, one, you know, fake leather backpack that ended up in a dump somewhere. Right. You know, and that's kind of like the one example, as, as I recall reading the story earlier that it said, you know, only four were resold. Uh, some returns were still in Amazon warehouse. Some traveled to unexpected locations, including a backpack that Amazon sent to landfill. Right. Yeah. So they, you know, so again, you know, there's it, I could because I can imagine like if someone sends back a printer and says it doesn't work, Amazon's not going to try to resell it. They're just going to send it off to an e-recycling place that's going to break down the printer and recycle the parts, there's, just like we talked about Apple doing right. that. There is no, there is no financial benefit to Amazon to like the, the financially. It makes sense to just get rid of this stuff than to try to resell it. I mean, that's just, I think, part of it. Yeah. And and Amazon's not the only one doing this. I mean, every no. big retailer is doing this. Walmart and Target and all these big retailers, they, they've done the same thing for years where this is – I think just uh, consumers are not educated on how returns work in many cases. Returns mm-hmm. are often not just thrown back onto the shelf. They can't. Because they're not sure right. whether it's actually something that that is can be sold as new or even sold as used. Because is it right. is it still worthwhile? I mean, if, if you if you buy a piece of software that's shrink wrapped, right, and you return that shrink wrapped, yes, they will put that back on the shelf because yeah, it's clear it's not been used. You open that software, they're going to say nope. I know, remember those already days. Insta- yeah, copy it. You know, I mean, this is this yeah, it's kind of an older example, but it's, there's a lot of things. You know, think of things in those stupid uh, blister packs that are almost impossible to open without, like, you know, cutting yourself. Right, right. If you rip one of those open, they have to assume you've used it. Exactly. Exactly. Even if all you do is rip it open, look at it, go, I changed my mind, too late. Right. And I mean, same thing, it happens at supermarkets. It happens, you know, all kinds of things. So it's not, this isn't necessarily, I mean, they're looking at Amazon because Amazon's so big. So the mm-hmm. problem looks bigger, but this is a a problem across the board. This really yeah. has to do with consumer culture and just the fact that we are, we buy so much stuff and that we create so much waste doing it. And mm-hmm. the recycling system is broken. That's the other part of it is, you know, these days, I mean, I still have recycling bins that get picked up, but the, the, this, the fact of the matter is most recycling just ends up in landfill these days. I mean, it's just, right. they're not being recycled. Like they, like people think they are. It used to be you know, worth the money to recycle. You know, like you remember everybody remember like back in the 80s, like recycling cans is a big deal because you got some pretty decent money, at least as a kid yes. to recycle. You right, know, right. Yeah. I mean, you could nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays, it's not worth it. Right. Right. It's yeah. It's you better, you better off just throw it in the trash. Uh, so those are a couple of headlines. Uh, let's do another headline. This one is about Yelp. And this is more like a oh, yes. signs of the times. Uh, speaking of the New York Times, um, mm. Yelp has announced that when. 
when companies are, that are listed on its service are accused of racist conduct, they will make a note or uh, on the page of that business yep. with an alert. Uh, so I'm of two minds of this because one of this is part of this is what's been happening is is some employee gets accused of of being racist, and then a bunch of people yep. will show up on the page and just bomb the page with one star reviews from people who have never been to this store. And so this yes. is sort of Yelp will say, OK, we we can't like we're shutting down new reviews because of this this incident until it's investigated. Mm-hmm. We're not letting new reviews. So I, I agree with that part of it. But the other part of it is, is a reputation question of is a business yep. does what's their recourse for if they're accused of racist behavior? So what do you think of this? I really don't like this idea. First of all, Yelp should be just basically saying, you know, if you post a racist or comment saying that this place is racist without any proof, you post a one star review because of this. Right. You're kicked off of Yelp. It should be a responsibility for the person doing it, not right. the store. There have been so many false racism charges against companies in the last decade or so that this concerns me because you know, I can think of an example recently of a you know, a CVS pharmacy, CVS pharmacy is not a racist organization, right? But yet this one pharmacy, a couple of guys were caught shoplifting. I mean, in the act of shoplifting and the the manager got him, had him arrested because they were shoplifting. And of course they happened to be of a particular skin color. And so now all of a sudden this, this manager is racist. No, they were shoplifters. It doesn't matter what their skin color is. And yet, so this CVS pharmacy would get, Flagged as a racist organization, right? And CVS is big enough to kind of you know shed, sh- uh, shrug that off, but small like mom and pop places yes, could could be exactly. destroyed by this sort of thing. This so is, I I don't yeah. like this idea at all. I really don't. I, I get. I think this is a problem with crowdsourced uh, review sites like Yelp or even like Amazon's reviews and things like that. Mm-hmm. Is so often their reviews are like the idea was crowdsource reviews means that it's this is real people who use these real products or real customers and we'll get a real view of how things work but the fact is is most crowdsourced reviews are terrible Uh, you know like on amazon people reviewing not the product but their experience with the shipping or 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 using the product in a way it's not supposed to be used like i there's uh, there's a a famous one i saw i remember once where the guy gave a one-star review to a food processor because it didn't work right when it was holding it in his lap. I'm like, dude, don't hold food processor in your lap when you're when you're using yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't know what your what your deal is. I don't want to know about that. Yeah, it was so weird. But but that's this. I think is the part of the problem with all of these crowdsourced review sites to, altogether is the 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 reason people give the the their their basis for the review is so up in the air for what it could possibly mm-hmm. be. There's no, it's not reliable at all. Yeah, it's like food's good. It's too bad the owner's a jerk. Well, what does that have to do with the review of the food? Right, right. Or you, <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you don't like an employee, if they, if you just don't like the way they look, you know, or you know them outside of work, or uh, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Or if you were a jerk and they they called you on it, like you, the, their customers can be jerks. The customer's not always right, uh, and they call yep. you on it. Then you go, you write, you give them a one star review. I mean, it's just. Is that fair? Is that right? So I have a, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm leery of Yelp now wading into the middle of this and starting, starting yeah. to become judge and jury in a sense for a lot of these issues. I, I, I have well, a problem with these companies being 
activist in this way. Well, and it, it's a it's such a sticky, difficult situation, at least here in the United States right now. Yeah. That frankly, if Yolp was smart, it's like, no, we're, yeah. we're just not going to deal with it. Right. You know, you know that's locked down the reviews. Because frankly, yeah. they would be better off. Yeah. Right. If they if they maybe uh, did what, like, say, Wikipedia does is when they see a lot of uh, traffic one way or the other on a particular article that is perhaps in the news or something, they just lock it mm-hmm. down. They just this this yep. article is locked uh, until such time as it's not. We're going to we're going to revert all changes back to before this article hit. Yeah. And right. And then just lock it down and leave it there and just say and just put a notice. This this there are reviews on this particular business are locked right now because of a dispute or something like something neutral. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, or uh, ongoing dis- dispute or ongoing or, lawsuit or whatever or it might ongoing be. Ongoing media know. activity or something, just activity. like something very go. bland yeah. and, and neutral and just leave it there. But, but this just feels more activist and I don't, it seems it's, more biased against the business, even when it's just an accusation that's unsubstantiated yeah. necessarily. So uh, you know, people aren't going to, people aren't going to understand that. No, this is just concern over the reviews. This is going to be, Oh, Yelp is saying that they're racist. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the problem. All right. That's uh, so that's our headlines this, uh, for the week. Let's move on to our picks of the week. And father Corey, uh, I'll let you go first. So my pick is something uh, was sent to me uh, about a week or so ago. They, they showed me this. And I'd heard of it before, but I never really played with it. It's, it's really cool. It's called Square Note, Gregorian Chant for the Masses. Mm-hmm. It's an app that's available for both Apple and Android. So you can use it on either one of them. And it has the chants for the, for the masses, for uh, the, the bravery, stuff like that. Uh, some of the, the hymns, some of the traditional hymns and stuff like that. And uh, kind of the, the cool, uh, cool thing about it is, first of all, you, you can pull up all the different chants and see them right on your screen. So, you know, you, you pull up the, the mass for the day and you see uh, the different antiphons and all these other parts. You can see all the different like the now it's all the Latin. Now, I should be clear about that, too. This is mm-hmm. the Latin Gregorian chant. So if you're doing uh, you're, you're in choir, you can have it up here. If you're in, in, even in just in the congregation, you can have it and sit and follow along. Kind of the cool part for those who really want to learn the chant is it will actually play the uh, mute notes for you. It'll actually play it so you can hear it. So here's like the Salve Regina. Okay. So it's a very MIDI-like. Yeah, but... Yeah, it is very MIDI-like. But you'll but, get the tune. But the, because there's a lot of us, I, I'm one of those where I can't just sight read. I can do a little bit, but not much. But if I can do it like that, where I'm singing along with the chant, it makes it so much easier for me. Yes. You know, so it's got lots, like I said, it's got the, uh, the ordinaries for both uh, extraordinary form and ordinary form. It's got um, different mass settings from throughout history, they, what they call the Curiale. It's got... Uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's just, there's tons of it there. Cool. Uh, it's just full. So it's, it's, if you're in, in, at all interested in Gregorian chant, learning Gregorian chant, singing Gregorian chant as part of a choir or as part of the congregation at mass, definitely check it out. Cool. That's a good one. This is right in our, our secrets of tech wheelhouse. <laughs> That's a good yep. one. Exactly. Uh, so my pick this week is a sort of, Bouncing off of last week's pick, which was the the USB C dock that I've connected to my 
Mac, my iMac, uh, is the Samsung T7 external SSD, solid state drive. Uh, as I mentioned last time, I was having some problems with the Fusion Drive inside my iMac. It was starting, I was starting to get some disk errors, and uh, Fusion Drives are notoriously uh, just not a good idea because it's you're fusing two different technologies into one volume. I it's a lot of people <laughs> leery of that, uh, but I was starting to yep. get drive errors, and I was starting to feel like the, the it was running a little slow. So the idea is, I have this Thunderbolt connected th- Thunderbolt dock. And then connecting a an external SSD to it, and so I chose the Samsung T7 uh, from Amazon. It's a two gigabyte drive, a uh, few hundred dollars. So it's not it's not an impulse purchase certainly, no. uh, but it's it's w- wicked small. I mean, this is tiny. It's like it's like a little bit bigger than a credit card. It's smaller than my phone. It's amazing how small they make these. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very fast, and it has been. I've been doing it for now for a couple weeks running my my iMac off of it and it is flawless like i do not like i just no way i could tell that this is not just an internal drive running here so I'm very happy with it um it's really i think it's been really great to have this here and now i might repurpose my internal drive to become sort of a scratch drive that the that the that mm. different programs can use, like a lot of the Adobe programs use. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see. I'll, I'm I'm not certain about that because I because again I was having issues with that drive, so I want to be careful yeah. uh, using it. But uh, so the Samsung T7 external SSDs, I'll have a link in the the show notes for the pick of the week. Uh, you can yeah. check those out. Uh, Amazon has them for for decent money. Yeah, Sam, the Samsung SSDs are amazing. Um, I've got the my I've got two of the S, uh, 970 Pro Samsung 970 Pro uh, chewing gum stick right uh, SSDs built in or into my system, and they're just fast. I mean, they just scream. Right, it's amazing, and I, I'm sure this is great too because you guys got the the speed of USB three. Yeah, you know, yes. and everything, and yeah. So you have the internal uh, kind, of the 970, and this is the yep. external. I, I could have put an internal drive in but this is just so much simpler than yeah. taking an iMac apart is not a simple or easy uh business no it isn't no. Dep- depending on the model but no it isn't yeah yeah i mean just <laughs> never mind the big gl- piece of glass that you got to deal with so uh this was this was the expedient way of doing it so that's that was that's my pick this week all right, uh, I think that should do it. We've got to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology including James S, Ed K, Chris NM Todd W. and Joseph B., their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So if, what do you have uh, for feedback for us this week? If you've got any comments you'd like to make on our discussion of Apple's announcements, if hey, are you going to buy one of these, a HomePod Mini or an iPhone 12? Let us know. Or But our headlines... You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology, the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And we'll have links to the headlines and our picks of the week and the various other things in our show notes at sqpn.com. Right, remember, if you can, if you're, if you're still using social media after our discussion a few weeks ago, <laughs> to like the episodes of Secrets of Tech on Facebook and retweet them on Twitter where we're at SQPN and leave us comments. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the Secrets of Technology. Thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. Thank you.